0: welcome to it is what it is the podcast with me danielle bridge on our show we catch up with guests to talk about all sorts of things including our job mental health, relationships and basically everything that we humans experience as we navigate through life. Today I speak to Phil and Graham, two friends who found a love of walking and talking as a way to share their thoughts and feelings throughout the pandemic. It's a valuable insight into the coping mechanisms that we can all develop to help us navigate through difficult times. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us here again on my podcast. I'm here with Phil and Graham to talk about mental health and the five ways to well-being, specifically around exercise and taking notice. So good afternoon, gentlemen. Lovely to have you on board. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. As you know, my conversations are all around conversations about mental health specifically, but natural, normal conversations about being human and actually today's conversation is all around men's mental well-being and talking and also about your new initiative with two members so <laughs> wow. gentlemen you're here really to talk about about <laughs> to talk about your walking and talking initiative so tell us more what's it all about how did it start why
1: I mean, I think for me, uh, and hello, I'm Phil, just to uh, I suppose differentiate the voices slightly. I'm the southern voice, and Graham can be the northern voice. Uh, this, I have I've probably, st- if you pardon the, the phrase, stumbled into walking as a solution for me uh, to deal with my own health uh, physically and mentally in the, mm. last, in the last 18 months. I wasn't sort of a massive walker pre-COVID, but actually, as COVID approached and that sort of massive uncertainty enveloped the whole country, I, I saw walking as a way for me to get out and, and I think probably give myself some daily structure mm. in something of an uncertain world. And I think what I found in Graham and we found sort of kindred spirits in many ways was a opportunity to get out, get about and try and deal with what we were seeing, which was, as we all remember, especially around that first lockdown, Incredible. We really didn't know what was happening. So walking for me has almost become that uh, answer to making sense of what's going on in the world. And, and, and Graham has been a big part of that for me. Mm,
2: thank you, Phil and Graham. Yeah, and, and I agree with a lot of that. I mean, I I used to and still do a little bit commute to London, mm. and I, I spent obviously well an hour and a half each way. And um, all of a sudden, there was a huge gap in the day. You know, where I was almost a little bit lost, and it was. It was really weird and people all say, oh, I hate the commute and I hate this. and that. But I actually, never, I've never really minded it because mm. it was a time to read or to watch TV or just to think about things. Um, so all of a sudden I was, you know, around in the morning for an hour and a half extra in the evening and, and, and I found exercise and running and walking. You know, I've always done a bit, but it really focused the mind to get out and, and we as you say, stumbled across each other one morning when it was really locked down and there was nobody around. And it was almost when you saw another person, it was like, oh, you yeah. know, what do I do? You yeah. don't, you don't yeah. cross the road, you know, because we've known each other a long time. And, and we started then and when we, as Phil said, we made a bit of sense of it and, you know, generally agree on... Most things, and you know, some people annoyed us in the media, and some people we <laughs> we, we, we sort of liked, and we compared yeah. notes, yeah. and, and it just did make a bit of sense of the weirdest worlds yeah. we've ever seen and probably will ever see. Absolutely,
0: so, yeah. and it's strange that you, you kind of talk about the walking and in the beginning in the beginning of of the pandemic walking was that daily thing that you were allowed to do with your family and it was that focus wasn't it you know we we could go out for our hour and we could get that walk in and i don't know about you but we really looked forward to that walk and it was something that we did every day without fail as long as the weather stood up and other and apart from the fact you just mentioned (laughs) which is hilarious about not crossing the road when you saw phil other than jumping out of the way or into bushes when you saw other people. <laughs> so, you know, that didn't that didn't quite happen. And so from from your position like understanding that you needed kind of some kind of functionality or some kind of routine in your day, did you utilize that opportunity with knowledge that it was helping with the troubles perhaps that were going on mentally for all of us. You know, this is not unique to men, not unique to females. It's it's this kind of understanding that we're all going through this pandemic, not really understanding what's going on. Did you find that that was a time or a space for you to kind of make sense of what was happening? I
1: think so. I mean, to give a little context, I'm self-employed, and um, picking up on Graham's point about his commute, I I was already feeling, as as last year was such a strange year at the start of the year, that I could see sort of impending isolation. Mm. And so that face-to-face contact was being removed from life because mm. it had to be because we all understood what the impact was of transmission of COVID. And, and I think what I noticed was if I could give myself some structure but do it in a way that really worked for me, I could derive the greatest benefit. And we would, uh, I would set off very early and I, I started just before the 23rd of March, that date that's... Yeah, forever. Yes. And, and, and I, will, I walked every single morning for 129 consecutive days until the end of the school term. And um, I worked out that that portion of the day gave me the benefit of fresh air, but also I've always enjoyed being an early starter. I like the idea of being up and atom and Mm. And having been out and almost done my stroll early in the morning, I felt like I had a degree of control in the day, even though I didn't. Mm -hmm. It was just helping me manage my own... Uh, I guess, anxiety at the time, because being self-employed, just as equally as for people who are employed, that uncertainty that COVID created, almost the grenade it chucked into our lives, um, gave me that um, challenge where, well, how am I going to deal with this? And and walking was part of it.
0: Mm, That's really interesting, because the majority of people I would imagine struggle with talking about the things that bother them so much. And and i kind of like to talk a little bit about that, but I don't know why, and it's a question I'm forever asking, is that I talk to everybody. <laughs> I'm one of those people that I will, I will talk however it is I feel. Almost the point of embarrassing honesty sometimes, so, you know, from my point of view. But instead of talking about that stuff, was that a, a way for you to internalise and also almost process what was happening for you? that that space that you've I think created so. for yourself. i think so danny I, I, it,
1: we've had a few conversations on the way because we can sort of almost chart the journey through up and down, up and, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we could probably tell you a year ago what we were talking about and what we were looking at um yes it absolutely was about processing i had a conversation i'll share this now because i think it's relevant for uh, i did this conversation with you with my wife and i said i was it. And she said, "The thing that I think really worked for you, Phil," she said, "was actually the conversation wasn't face to face like we're talking now, mm. side by side. Yes, <laughs> and actually, it is that piece where we were strolling, and actually we were talking about everything. And, and Graham wasn't right, I wasn't right. Graham wasn't wrong, I wasn't wrong. It was just internalizing mm. and externalizing. I think yeah. some of the things we were thinking, which is, it was just so, it was just so extreme. I think, mm. and and you know, like like you, you know." you've
2: we, we all speak to our wives a lot, we cover a lot of subjects, it's a lot about the family, it's a lot, you know, but there's certain times where, you know, I'm self-employed as well, as I mentioned, go to London and we've got a few people work with us and there's certain things that, if you discuss it with your wife, it might cause worry or, yep. you know, not not that you're hiding anything in yep. any way, it's just there's certain things that you can probably say to another man that sometimes to your wife it's harder to say. Absolutely. You know? And, and. As I say, there's not no, there's no hiding, there's no. But but for me, I felt I, because we've got people working for us, I feel responsibility. You know, you've you've got to, you know. Luckily, the business is in good shape, but you didn't know absolutely it was in good shape. you yeah. we weren't certain what yeah. what what was round the corner and. You sort of put a brave face on and you smile and you're optimistic and you're positive,
0: but sometimes you think, oh, blimey, I've yeah. no idea what's coming here. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't, did we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I love the fact that you you talked about that, and yeah. families and and relationships and marriage and all of those things that we all have, Yeah, the, the three in our, this room is what I'm talking about in terms of all, all three, yeah. there are certain things that you don't talk to your partners about, and I don't think there's any shame or embarrassment or kind of hiding about that. I think it's appropriate, actually, sometimes, and I always find it difficult and I always kind of worry about my husband, you know. I always check in with him and make sure that he's got someone to speak to because I do appreciate that difference in relationship. And I also think it's important, which is why I wanted you on the show today, to talk about that male relationship and what it looks like. And I know, Phil, you've just talked about something very poignant and actually fundamental sometimes in people's relationships, that talking sideways, they say, never look a teenager in the eye. Because <laughs> right, yeah.
1: they hate it. Yeah. And they
0: can't communicate effectively with you if you try. And you so that whole thing about looking at me, my culture, for example... You know, if you were being told to look at somebody, you look at me. Don't look, at me, don't look at me in my face because that was seen as kind <laughs> of like, controversial, contron- of it, yeah, 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 contronf- right, yeah, controversial. Yeah, controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas some people is that mark of respect by looking at your face. So depending yeah, upon who look you are, at me, we'll yeah, you. exactly yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. it's really difficult. So teenagers find it hard to look at people in the face because it 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 makes you very vulnerable. Yeah. And so I appreciate the kind of that. You know, talking about walking side by side, you're in your own safe space, but you're doing the conversations that's. That's absolutely um, I so. necessary. I mean, I think the
1: fears, I mean, we go back to where we were 12 months ago and we look to what's happened and it's quite rollercoaster-like. And, and, and I think about some of the conversations we would have had. And, and I remember Graham talked, it would have been about a year ago, that, that his wife was keeping a, a diary of yeah. how she was feeling and, and, and what was going on. And actually, I think she'd taken the opportunity by early summer to look back what she'd written back in sort of the springtime. And and how everyone's perspective had changed. And um, I I hugely value the opportunity to to see people like Graham and walk with people like Graham because fundamentally the world was cut off from us. And and much as Zoom and Teams has been a, uh, I guess, a platform for face-to-face communication, it's not really the same as being with people. And, And I think that for me was so critical in helping me deal with, the unexpected that was taking place 12 months ago, and, and frankly, is still taking place now, but we're probably just a bit more yeah comfortable with understanding y- what's it. going on. Yeah, and, and
2: yeah. largely, I think that Zoom and Teams will go as quickly as come in. Lots of, I mean, in lots of cases, it'll stay for certain things, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we've all seen a value in it for certain things. But for lots of things, I think
1: not a th- Zoom quiz Graham? There's been, there's been, <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's served a purpose. Yeah, no question, it served a purpose. But I think you ask hundred people. Be in the nineties. Prefer face to face contact. Absolutely, we we
0: yeah we are we are humans. We crave that connection. It's only a few people that I've spoken to that have said, "I can't wait." That's it. I'm never going back into the office again. I'm going to do this. And yet, it's there. And I talk a lot in my training and mental health stuff about frame of reference. Right, your frame of reference is unique to you, and the things that make you tick are unique to you. But that doesn't mean that they're the same as everyone else is. So when you have these conversations like, why? Why would you go back? I'm not going to go back. Well, good for you. That's fine. But these are the reasons why it's good for me, you know. So this whole kind of understanding and empathy about what people are going through is so important. Because as as the ripe age um, of my age of not wanting to go back into London because I actually I'm quite I'm f- quite fine at home and doing Zoom calls for meetings that I used to travel in and take sure. up a whole day yeah. in London to do now I don't yeah, have to do absolutely. that right and for that, it's, perfect. Oh, it's it's perfect but yeah. also for the for you know for that social life and for that social connection yeah. it's definitely something that I crave
2: yeah and and what's really weird about the job I do in mean, commercial property you know is is and people don't really understand this but it's so about sort of it's, it can be very random and you can just bump into people in the street and then all of a sudden you're doing a job for them or helping them out with something, mm-hmm. you know. And that is what I desperately miss, you know, because, you know, there's... You do bump into lots of people here and we're lucky to know lots of lovely people. And, and, but when, you, when you're in a world that, as for 20 years, you've, you've gone to meetings, someone's rung you up, oh, can you meet now? Yes, but, but all of a sudden you can't and it's everything's... everything's and even phone calls, which I always used to and still do. Just phone people. I don't plan it. I don't organize it. I just will phone someone. And if they can't pick up, they'll phone me back want to you know but now it's oh can we schedule a call for yes. Thursday 11 yeah well I, I that I made this generation <laughs> thing I don't know but I just don't get that you yeah know? Because yeah if you've got something to say to somebody why wait till Thursday yeah, 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 yeah. 11 well, when you can say it now you know? it's also the
0: generation of yeah. me meet, having meetings about meetings yeah, you know sure. so you have a meeting and then you schedule another meeting yeah. that's another thing that's I've I've seen come out of our life in sure. lockdown. Yeah, I think it's because people then had to kind of plan around maybe homeschooling, or which yes, I don't want to talk okay, about yeah. homeschooling. Yes. I don't want to talk about homeschooling. No, no, no. Let's not talk about homeschooling. <laughs> that's a whole new show, right? Like, no, definitely not. So going back to the kind of like the mental health thing, and I know that you probably would have heard mental health on the agenda way more, perhaps since the pandemic, is that fair to say? 100%, yeah. Yeah, so before the pandemic, what was your kind of knowledge around kind of mental health and the conversations around that
1: i, th- I think the, th- the observation i would make is that mental health had certainly become more prevalent in, in what i was seeing and feeling it's been accelerated by, mm. by the pandemic mm. um i i graham and i both share a passion for poor quality lower league football you don't <laughs> need to worry about but what i would say is i think there'd been an awful lot more focus on mental health in that space in and around sports and, and it had naturally become an area where I'd seen it emerge and certainly even through um, sort of some of the social media platforms but I think it's the, the light has quite rightly been shone on mental health as a consequence of what's happened in the last uh, 12 months. In a broader context and I think this is relevant to answer your question both Graham and I have been involved at the for the vaccine rollout mm. in charge of nothing more than a high vis and a clipboard mm-hmm. and that's about as good as you wouldn't want as near the needles <laughs> but I think what I really learned when I was first doing this earlier in 2021 is the power of conversation for some of those people yeah. who had not stepped outside their house since March last year and we're mm. talking about some of the stoic generation of the 70 80s 85 90s and 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 demonstrated to me that I think there is such a light that needs to be shone on mental health yep. because that generation has sort of got on with the last year mm. and just as equally throughout the ages I think we need to really make sure we pay appropriate attention because this has really really I think created something that is going to be a legacy that we're going to be dealing with for yep. a long time yep. and, and, and we need to make sure we put the appropriate resource and I think time and energy into it because mm. Physical health gets a lot of airtime. Mental health needs to get an awful lot more yeah. airtime. And, and, and I, I certainly, and I think you know, you probably echo yeah, that Graham from yeah. what we've seen at the, at the vaccine centre. Absolutely. And and, and let's be honest,
2: it, it didn't particularly in, in sort of our generation, our parent generation. It got it got it was a massive weakness to mm. show any sign of. You know, it, they called it horrible names if you had problems. You know, mm. and, and it was, and maybe we grew up with in the 80s, I was going to say 70s, but not quite. You know, where where we first remember things. I remember people who my dad worked with, and you know, who, who were clearly struggling, and but he was seen as a very low, very low sort of you know priority need for people's mind, and you know, and, but now it's almost gone through to mm-hmm. the top and and of priorities, and, and 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 rightly so, and and you know, probably t- even ten years ago we been aware of this but you know through as you say through the media and prince william did a documentary about two years ago didn't he when he was talking to and that i think really you know the fact that you know the future king of england was saying he had had yeah. mental health issues yeah and then people thought well, actually yeah this know, is a real thing to deal with this it's yeah. good that i can talk to people about yes. this now and i know you know school friends of mine i'm in touch with lots of them you know that we at primary school together um and we still you know speak and, and meet when we can and that would never have been discussed ten years ago. But you know, in the last few years, there's been bereavements and there's been you know people have had marriage problems and things like that. You know, and, and now that it's discussed. It would never have been this even discussed. And the fact and for that alone, the fact that it's now up there on and, and, and I used to think if people didn't ring me back, oh, that's rude and you know, and now. It, means they may be struggling. Absolutely. them again. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter to me if I've found someone three or four times. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, and the fact that I've realised, and again, it, it took me a little while to understand that the, the more people go quiet, the more they might be struggling. Absolutely. to so the try to make contact. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and these things that, you know, I think through the, there's lots on, on the TV and social media, which we all have love-hate relationships yeah. with. <laughs> and, and to say the least. To say yeah. the least. Yeah. But, but you, you I manage it okay, I think, because I try and control it, and, and it's very difficult and everyone's mm-hmm. different you know but if someone's annoying me, I just get rid of them you yeah, know yeah. And, and maybe you should give them more time or whatever but, but what I've found lots of help is I've, I've talked to Phil about this before, you know many times there's lots of old old ex-footballers do videos daily and how they're struggling.
0: and you think yeah Alan, oh,
2: you used to play in the Premier League, and you can just accept now that everyone does and you know and and i think we all have great days we all have bad days and it's just knowing that hopefully there's a good day coming up absolutely do you
0: know what you've just hit the nail on the head and as somebody that delivers training on this subject all day every day you know kind of thing it's so wonderful to hear the penny dropping yeah. with people, because historically it's only ever been talked about when it's a bad thing. So you you people always used to think that mental health was something that people had when they were mentally unwell. Do you know what I mean? Not, not a constant, not a thing that we all have. And sure. like you've just mentioned, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But historically you cover up the bad and you talk about the good and you pretend that that stuff doesn't happen. And Phil, you mentioned earlier on about, you know, this kind of stigma around mental health and the way in which historically it's been portrayed. And for me, that's something that I am desperate to help alleviate, especially with men. And the reason is because we know that men's struggles tend to be heightened an awful lot later on in life, you know, around the age of 40 to 49, which is the highest age range for suicide in men. Men take their lives three times that time, you know, number of women um it's it's shocking to me and I think the reason why I wanted again wanted you on on the show was because this is a relationship that you two have built up on a shared love of walking but also on an understanding that life is sometimes tough and finding somebody to talk to about that in just the most human way helps to alleviate some of those some of those roles you're listening to it is what it is the podcast we hope you're enjoying this episode as we strive to bring you interesting conversations about the things that really matter. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. But for now, let's get back to that conversation. So why do you think, as, as, as men, those identified as men, why is the stigma around mental health, do you think, within... I think it's
1: picking up on the point that Graham said a few minutes ago. That it, it came, I mean, I'm a child of the OCs and... Absolutely right, I'm probably sl- absolutely in that sweet spot, that age you just mentioned. And and growing up, it really was, it, I think it's when the road began to change a little bit for the better. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it certainly was a, a, an era where showing emotion was not that common. I mean, one of the interesting things that struck me was the first time I really remember anyone crying, actually, was Paul Gascoigne in 1990 when England got knocked out of the World Cup. Now, that emotion is driven out of, out of what had happened on the football pitch, but it was like, actually, a man crying. Yeah. yeah an, an icon. And um, I, I really am of a view now that the conversation is, is so key mm. that Graham and I would, would both recognise there were conversations we've had over the course of the last year. And interestingly, during the autumn, I think for me, there were a couple of days where I just really wasn't feeling it. You know, mm. for whatever reason... Uh, I was feeling a little bit sort of frustrated by whatever life was throwing me at that particular time. Mm-hmm. But actually the conversation has always been a force for good because what it gives you is the opportunity to externalise something. Yes. And in the time that, that Graham and I have talked, it, it's probably born out of the fact we've got quite similar values, mm-hmm. we've got quite similar interests. And I think it's important to recognise that just because we walk and talk doesn't necessarily mean that's the right thing for everyone. Absolutely, it's right yeah. It's yeah. two as individuals. But certainly, we've had other friends that come and join along the way, and and sort of um, have been sort of party to it as well. But, but in a, in a way, when
2: it was two only, you know that that made life very simple in lots of ways, you know, yeah. because you just we organised it and you sort of you walk for the people, I went for walks with the people, but we just knew we were walking, and I, I, until recently, we didn't miss a week for.
0: Months. Oh. Months and months
2: and months. And we were, you know, we knew at half seven every Friday, we would walk for six or seven miles. Yeah. And we'd get a coffee at Nero. When that closed, we had to move over to Greg's. And then we'd introduce the bacon sandwich as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Breakfast <laughs> to walk in. And then no, no. But, but
2: that was, you know, it was, it was great. It was like every Friday, there we go. And, and sometimes you'd say, or I'd say, oh, no, it's not been a great week for this reason, that reason. And, but normally it would just be, or not, but in the past, it would have been yeah, fine, everything's good, oh. everything's good. Ah, Graham, so true. Oh, right. How in many? How
0: room? many people say I'm fine, I'm fine and don't mean it, right? I,
2: and that, and I saw. I think it was was it Roman Kemp did a documentary. Yes, when he said, yes. ask twice, ask twice absolutely. And that, and that was something that you know I've taken on where appropriate to because. The instinct is, yeah, I'm fine, and that's it. Move on. I'll move on. All oh, right, okay. Did you see the football last night, or did you yeah. whatever? But you know, when you just sense it, you know. So, so there's two things that you know. That's one of them, and then there's the. I think there's been an advertising campaign saying it's okay not to be okay. That's it. And that. Yeah, and, and those two things that have really resonated. That actually, they're so simple. Mm. They are so simple that there's nobody who can't ask twice if they're okay. Absolutely. And there's no, no one who wouldn't say, oh, fine, if you're not, yeah. let's talk about it. Or if you don't want to talk about it, let's talk about tomorrow. Or, yeah, you know. but the offer's there, right? The offer's there, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. And, and I love phoning people. I've not spoken to for ages, you know, because you phone them because you've probably had good times in the past and you could always have a laugh about an old memory mm. or something that someone did on a stag do or a wedding or a trip. And that is serves a purpose both ends because it probably makes them feel better and it probably makes you feel better as well so phoning people isn't always or what isn't always to benefit you know it's a two way street right? absolutely you know so and that is another thing that I try and you know remember that you don't always you know because some people don't particularly like chatting but if you've got something in common or not you can generally find something that Mm. will make someone smile and a big believer in a smile is the thing that you do even if you don't feel good. It just makes you feel better. It does no, it yeah, really yeah. Does. Which you know?
0: is why people put on something feel good TV, or yes. they want to. I mean, I'm I love smiling and I love people and I love laughing and I love sure. but I also do love a good cry because I find right. it quite cathartic okay. <laughs> I do find it really cathartic I've got a girlfriend who I go walking with every Sunday and together, I know no, yeah. norm, norm, normally it's one or the other because yeah, right. we're not normally that you know, troubled in the same week right. okay. but you know I've been into there's been times when I've just had the most awful of weeks or something's going right. on for me great and, and I'll sure. cry and yeah. I'll go oh I feel so yeah. much better now and it is that but girls women ladies, tend to be okay with crying. And this is when you mentioned a minute mm. ago about, you know, Gascoigne crying okay. and what that meant for him, right? And men aren't necessarily seen as the ones that cry. It's normally girls or women. And it's kind of, oh, it's a fear, which is where you get that whole saying about man up. You know, these mm. were men who were showing their emotions and it being seen as kind of a negative I if you that's show that emotion it, that, that's, that's, oh it definitely is going it's yeah we, we are people, stamping no, it people out people still say it but mm. i think
2: it, it's it's thankfully yeah it's seen, absolutely you don't hear it very often where you used to hear it all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but
0: i want to go back to something because i've i got a son who plays football and he loves football and he's very passionate about football and i'm not going to talk about doug lying to me about getting together with his love of football I don't know if you told you that did i I think you I might, might have to watch and listen to another podcast. Right. But yeah, effectively, he, he said he, football was all right when I met him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. He loves football. He loves football. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian, our boy, loves football. But he, <laughs> it's not funny, Phil, seriously. I, I asked him. Anyway, I'll, I'll go off a tangent. And Seb was playing football for a team and he was getting so frustrated and he was frustrated to the point where he'd cry after a football match. And I could see his little hands balling up. And I want to go back to that whole point of you saying it's okay not to be okay. Rome, when you mm-hmm. said that, because I have an issue. And again, it's, it's moving forward. So these are not issues that will remain static. They are forever evolving. But it's okay to not be okay if only it's done appropriately. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's this whole, oh, yes, yeah, okay to not be okay. But as long as you do it quietly and kind of over there in the corner so nobody can see and it's not embarrassing to anybody. I think it, that's, a,
1: that's a really sort of salient point. I, I wrote down something ahead of this. I think the context is right. I am fortunate. I am now comfortable in my own skin. It's taken me an awful long time to probably say that. But if you, sort of the young me would mm-hmm. probably have been much more eager to please. And now I think I probably care a little less what people think. Okay. And, and I'm fortunate because I'm later 40s. But I appreciate in Sebastian's age, that is, that's a much more tricky path to follow. Mm. And... um I am, I, I do get to a place now where uh, I think I could pretty much talk about anything with Graham or others. Um, and, and I'm not sort of seeking anything. I'm not mm. seeking anything. I might be after a perspective, I just might be after someone who wants to listen and, and uh, either just, just sort of set someone to sound off against. Mm. But... I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I feel like I'm just a bit further on in, and I'm now much more comfortable with being able to, to sort of
0: be me. And express that and in any express way. express that. And, yeah. And
1: it, it probably is only something that I would say I've probably concluded in, in the last few years that I feel like that. And, and I'm not seeking validation from others, but probably the, the me of 10 years ago would probably absolutely have been seeking validation mm-hmm. from others. So maybe it's a maybe it's a thing that's worked for me, it's a life journey or whatever it might be. But I I I, I really care about what people think, but fundamentally it's about how do I internalise.
0: Yeah. See so that's fascinating because the reason I bring that story up is because I remember the coaches at the time, you know, kind of like, Well, you, you kinda of, when you when you've lost the game or you've lost the match or you lose the ball or you scuff the, the shot you kind of can't be like that. And I was really angry because actually in my house, all emotion is absolutely fine. You know, the way in which you channel it, there's there's a point, trust me, yeah. <laughs> you're pushing it. But actually those negative emotions are fundamental to us finding happiness and joy in all of those things. If you've ever seen Inside Out, you can't have joy without sadness. Yeah, sure. You yeah, know, sure. so those yeah, two yeah, things, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what I, what I struggle with that in that narrative and that example was that, we can have all the joy and the happiness, but when it comes to the other stuff, we kind of don't really want that there, or or it's scary, that anger is scary, or that frustration with banging your your, your feet is scary, and we don't like it, so damp it down, and I don't know, and I've had conversations with my girlfriends who have sons, I worry that when we're bringing up our sons, that if they don't channel that anger somewhere, or that recognition and understanding, that it becomes suppressed, and if it then becomes suppressed, it might explode. Yeah. It might come out in the most unattractive way or dangerous way for our youth. And so, going back to that whole stigma thing about men, fundamentally, if we don't break down that stigma towards having feelings and emotions and using our, our you know, our tear ducts in the right mm-hmm. manner, what happens with it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. But some pe- some people. Don't smile very much. Some people don't cry very mm. much, and and some, and, it, and it's not. You, I mean, I don't cry often. I, I, sometimes an advert, which everyone teases <laughs> and, and things like that, and, and little, little things. But you know, when my dad died, I didn't particularly cry. You know, and I loved that man, and I spoke, spoke to him every day. You know, and, and you know, there's loads of things I you know love to tell him about. You know, and you, you people, and but I didn't cry particularly, and I don't know why. You know, whereas lots of people were crying, and and it, and it was. You know, and maybe, and I was thinking, well, maybe I should have cried, but you can't. Change you can't the force way you it. Are. Yeah, yeah, oh, no. absolutely. And, and it's you know, and, and so I can. So with 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 our son, who's you know similar similar age to yours, obviously, and and I have experienced him playing football since he was six or seven, and I've seen tantrums, I've seen lots of frustration, and you know, and I've said to him in the you know before, you know, come on, you know, you don't, but maybe you should let it roll a bit. And now he's got a bit older, he can I can read him, and he can read me, and we often if they lose just sit in silence on the way home. Yeah. You know, you can regulate a yeah, bit more that's, now, that's right? right. Yeah. 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 And I think, and I think as you get older, you can you know, regulate a bit more maturity. <laughs> yeah. You can Well, generally, yeah, Yeah. And I think that's your point as well a bit, Phil, you know, in with time, your highs are not quite as high and your lows aren't quite as low. And, and everything's a bit for, for us, fortunately a bit more steady, but it's, it's still there underneath. And you've still got to be aware that, you know, you can't predict, you know, when you might have a bad day, and and sometimes the littlest things are a, are a trigger, you know. And, and but oh, going out right. for a walk mm. and put some music on, yes, edge, you touched on yeah, that's yeah, it makes a big difference. But uh, yeah, I do. I find it's hard for younger men, no mm. doubt, yeah. teens and twenties, that because that is a real challenge, particularly at the minute where they're, they're not seeing the friends much, and they're, they're when they do see the friends, it's who they see and when they see them. I mean, and and, and I think. Yeah, that will obviously take a bit of time to, to work through. But, but I think, you know, it's... it's Team boys, especially, are, do get a bit of a hard time, mm. I think, sometimes, you know. Um, but I suppose our jobs are trying... And, and you know, England's in, very good at, you know, asking, and I, I maybe to a less degree, but it's that just try and get it on the table. Checking in, right? Yeah.
0: And I think also it's difficult when you are... When it's new, you know, when, you, when you're when you trying to do something that's new. I mean, I've always kind of been quite intuitive in terms yeah. of emotions. So in my house, we're very open because that's yeah. why I, I demand it effectively. Yeah. Because I know it's important, right? Sometimes it doesn't go very well. No. But that's okay as well. Because as long as I'm checking in, and, and especially bringing up the teenagers, as we all kind of are, are at that stage, and understanding that their way of communicating is changing. They change. We don't change in parenting. We they, we expect them to change and they're doing all the changing and we're going to, to almost stay the same, right? It's a kind of really weird, sure. really weird kind of space. But I'm conscious of the fact that I have two children, one boy, one girl, and society is already supporting her in her mental health way more than they are him. Does that, do you know what I mean? In terms of the way in which society sees mental yeah. health for, for for them. And it's getting better. Like I said, I do want to put that point across.
1: I mean, I think one of the things that I would say, for, from my experience in the last year, and, and certainly the, the, the walking I've done and the walking I've done with Graham, it's become an appointment. in yes, my Yes, that's brilliant. And, and, and a really valuable one. So, like Graham said, until very recently, we probably walked month upon month, every Friday morning, without fail, and some bonus ones in the middle as well. Uh, and that, for me, was almost a sort of a uh, thing I would perhaps... Bank the things I wanted to talk about, mm. and they would become a. We don't have a sort of a set agenda. We have got to be clear on this. Yeah, know? no, that's
0: a non agenda meeting, Alex. Is, Excuse uh, if you're listening. So
1: we uh, we just uh, literally whatever is kind of is there to be talked mm. about, and,
2: and, and often I'm it would be the families, and yeah. things, wouldn't it? You know, and, yeah. you know, you, you know, and particularly that you know bit where we, we don't talk about when they're all at home for a long time. You know, <laughs> we we, we had a, it was challenging, oh, lots yes. and lots and lots of challenges, yes. and we shared them, and you know, and our frustrations and. The odd little positive, but it was tough for them, right as well, you know. And, and I kept saying to them, "You're history makers. Let's see you as history makers." <laughs> yes. Rather than, you know, yeah. But it, it's. I think that ran out of steam a bit. <laughs> <laughs> every, every day, you
0: know. So, yeah. Although somebody did say the other day, you know how, like when we were young, we'd go into school and you'd do you'd, you'd make your um, evacuation mask. Remember, you'd make it out uh, of toilet paper or whatever it was in a box and shove yeah. it on your face or a little pack. Could you imagine what it's going to look like in the future? You know, can you bring in the type of masks you, you and your parents oh, used yeah. during this pandemic? You know, what kind of, what, what fabric? Did your grandma make it? Because I know my mum certainly made the first round. And I know Ingrid certainly made yes, a few in did, the beginning, yes, right? So, so, yeah. I, I remember doing it. and I was
2: thinking, hey, do we really? See, and, I just, yeah, and, and, and it was obviously became a complete norm. And, yeah. I hope they go as quickly as they can but no, that's another <laughs> point you know but you know as the, there's an
1: interesting point on that that I think is worth saying that that we've talked a bit about smiling and laughter and and, and masks aren't the most no. brilliant device no. I, actually I, I, and when we're
2: in the eye of the stormfield you know there was probably a couple of weeks where we without saying it to each other probably thought should we be wearing a mask here yeah you know yeah. and we didn't because we were outside and we were comfortable with each other and all that sort of thing you know but but we we because we we it was sort of we didn't discuss it so we but I think we both knew what the other was thinking because yeah. we had so many conversations in the past and, and it was the right decision obviously but you've got to be obviously there's there's yeah. so so many things that we'll, we'll take take out of it but uh, but yeah no it's a um, it's it, we've had all sorts of rooms Phil knows this town better than anybody I mean if he ever <laughs> wants to be a post or a taxi driver it's your man I mean. He, he used to <laughs> take me down roads
0: I didn't know existed. Wow, wow and you've been living here for a while, right? Yeah, that's well, right. Well, I, so, I said I did this
1: 129 continuous days. I did two and a half million steps. Wow. 1,250 miles all the way around. I think uh, there isn't a, there isn't a corner of but the it's town. Quite, I don't it it know. is quite wow. a nice town to loop around wow. because, because
2: you can use. get all sorts of different directions.
1: That's a lot of miles. Isn't it? That is a but lot of miles. I didn't set out to do it, as I said. I mean, it really just gave me a, an outlet. But I think what it became was something, uh, almost a personal mission. Yeah. almost
2: Forrest Gump I I'm sure I'm, 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 I'm sure we talked about this you know stopping yeah. when, when do you how, you how know stop? when you've done 120 how many days 129 129 yeah. days mm. when is the point where you stop why do we go 130 or 150 yep. or 200 or 250 do you know what I mean the, the, and, and to stop it is actually sometimes harder than starting it yes. you know,
1: but why, why stop uh, why, I, I actually stopped because it was the it was school holidays and, right. and there was a natural break point. Um, so that's why I stopped. And, and what I didn't want this to become was something that I was a slave to. I actually, yeah. Yeah, I had a, a Fitbit on and every day I was aiming to be over a certain amount of steps. And there was a, there was an altruistic piece to this. I think I was recognising the importance of the the mental health that the uh, walk, walking was offering. But also the physical piece. Because mm. early days, none of us quite knew... Yeah. What? So I just thought, well, the best possible version of me could be the fittest possible version yep, of me, yeah, yeah, and uh, and therefore, actually, if I'm out this, I mean, it's, it sounds it sounds a bit odd, but but actually, it just felt well, I'm giving myself the best possible chance of of avoiding this thing, yeah, Either, yeah, even if or recovering if you got it, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But actually, um,
0: so you didn't do the Joe Wicks then? I, I did. I didn't you didn't do Joe, the Wicks Joe Wicks with the whole of the rest I, I of the world. Through,
1: I did it through the rain and, and the shine, and I was out every morning, and and I. I, I really got to love strolling in this town and there was a little community that, that I would bump into. Men, I could tell you all the dog yeah. walkers, I could tell you, <laughs> the big men, the really brilliant guys that do amazing jobs at Hunt's District Council and, yeah. and empty the bins. There's some fabulous individuals that you see very early in the morning. But for me, the whole thing gave me a sense of uh, just structure in an uncertain world, I think is the big takeaway. And, so, it? and it's so
2: linked physical health to yeah, mental health. Absolutely. You know? and, 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 and I'm... No expert, obviously, but lots of people who struggle a bit would often feel better to go for a walk. But it's hard to do that when you're feeling terrible. You don't want to see people bump into people, do even walk around the block or around your garden or drive somewhere and walk. There's, it always makes you feel better, rain or shine. You know, yeah. and and that's I think the message that you know we been trying to share amongst well between us and our you know our, fr- our friends and, <laughs> and that's what I've seen you know with with some of the guys that I follow on Twitter you know and and the message always is you'll I guarantee you'll you feel it's better free and you'll feel better yeah, you know yeah. even if it's pouring with rain yeah. or it's, even if it's ten minutes yeah it's something which will have a positive impact on your day yeah and I get teased at home because I always I always say walking's brilliant and you know and what else do I say? <laughs> Lots of things like that, you know, and it, it. But it's a sign of affection, and I know that, and, and it's been good for our family. And we don't. We rarely actually walk as one mm. because it's. We've realised quickly that you know there's you need your own time as well. You do need you your know, own time. We do. Walk occasionally when we go to Norfolk, yep. we walk together there. And we, yep. and we do. But it's, you know, people want to do go different ways yep. or do different things.
0: Carving stuff. out your own time, sure. I think, is so important, yeah. right? And it doesn't mean anything. I think that's the problem as well, isn't it? Sometimes people go, oh, yeah, but I do love you and I do want to walk out. It's not, you need to find your own time. You need to find your own space, find your own thing. Yeah. And that's for everybody. Yeah. You know, having the freedom to carve out space for themselves. So I love the fact that You've connected the dots without doing it. And I think for me, this is the really important thing. You didn't go out of your way to go, right, my mental health is suffering like the rest of the world. This is what I'm going to do in order to alleviate that. You kind of went about it organically. And mm-hmm. I think if if anyone listening to this kind of just wants to start, put your trainers on and just go out of your house and see what happens, right? But I guarantee you when you come back, like you've said, Graham, Jim. you'll feel better and you've you've given that time and like you've said phil having that appointment with yourself is one of the most important things that you can do sure. in order to keep yourself you know and, and safe the, safe and well and the
2: hardest thing is starting you know mm. and you can always put something off to the next day yeah you know but just a challenge of you know 20 minutes a day you know there's a, we've all watched a lot of telly you can miss yes something, <laughs> you know, to go for especially a with warm. planner these days yeah, yeah. I know, absolutely yeah and, then, and there's and and a little challenge, you know, to do whatever it might be, 5,000 steps a day, 10,000 steps, any, anything's better than nothing, you know, and to try and may, maybe at the end of it, you're going to make a £20 donation to a charity or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just, you'll feel good in so many ways. And, and it's, it's something that we've talked about loads, isn't it? How, you know, that the... the Regularly doing it, and we'll carry on. I think you know. As I say, we've missed a couple because annoyingly other things have been coming into the diary. Which, yeah, life know, we is we picking had up again. Yeah. Last week, which you know, obviously is important, and you had you know you had to do the something the school run, I think, or something last week. School you run, know, which yeah, is, you yeah. know, we'll get your hair cut or whatever. Didn't these, it was these, actually these, my <laughs> wife
1: getting a haircut, but she wasn't missing out. <laughs> no, that, that that, was oh no, away. she's waited a long she time
2: for long that. Time, I I feel. but there's there's will we'll, I, I think you know there's no reason why this won't carry on you know for a long, long time, you know and, 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 I, and I just think it's been a, just to make sense of it, as, as we've said, and you know we've had lots of laughs along the way, and we've had lots of things that have happened and funny things, and it has it's, it's been a, made a genuine, high, genuine genuine highlight in the last 14 months or so.
1: Yeah, and I think the great thing for me is I, I knew Graham, I, and I've got to know Graham really well. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I've really liked as an individual. I think our friendship strengthened as a result of getting to know Graham. Mm. Our wives have walked together, they've struggled yeah. together. And ultimately, it's just uh, been a really nice way of kind of, uh, as you say, connecting the dots yeah. in a world that was a little bit frightening. Dare yeah. we say. You go back to those sort of dark days of, of March last year. and And actually, I think interestingly around... Christmas of twenty twenty, start of twenty one. It, it was pretty. That was that probably pretty. Was, it yeah, was, it, was yeah.
2: Like, it was dark yeah. and cold. Yeah, and, yeah and, you that know, was. Yeah. We went out in the rain and the snow and the sleet, and you know, that, and without you or me texting each other saying we're walking to, it was. Probably wouldn't have happened. You yeah. Know? And that was just at that time. Dig uh, deep. Yes, deep. You dig deep, deep,
0: yeah, mm. and, and carry on because it gave you more benefit, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, guys, I could talk about this for ages, but <laughs> we do have to come to the end of um, today's episode. So we have talked about mental health, we talked about walking, friendship teenagers homeschooling we're not talking about that um the benefits of getting out there and connecting with nature and connecting with one another as human beings to get the best out of our human relationships it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on thank you so much for your honesty and your stories and i wish you another 455 million miles it yeah. sounds it sounds amazing thank you so much thank thanks you. danny take it easy Great.
1: You've been listening to the It Is What It Is podcast, presented by Daniel Bridge and produced by Defresh Productions.